Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Whatnots Review Show number 155. Uh, today, we are going to be discussing the first two volumes of The Unwritten, a comic book by Mike Carey and Peter Garros. Uh, I'm excited to dive into that, that, that one. Uh, but if you did not know, this here review show, we cover all sorts of different topics and genres and mediums. Uh, we read it, watch it, come back here and discuss it. Something new each week. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Hello. How's it going? I'm doing good. Disneyland is back open and I won't be there. I've never been there. <laughs> but I can just see videos of, of people going back to Disneyland for the first time in like over 400 days. And it feels Amazing. good to watch. Amazing. Yeah, it's it's good indeed that things are starting to kind of reopen. They're starting to. It's a good mm. feeling. So I, I know both you and I get our second shots really soon. Yeah. So. Good news indeed. Uh, let's see. It's 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 a good day here in Virginia, here on the East Coast. Can't really complain. I've spent this entire weekend playing the new Pokemon Snap. Oh and, yeah, and that was a lot of fun. I rolled credits on that last night, so beat the game. It was a lot of fun. Whoa. I enjoyed it. I recommend it if if you have nostalgia for that that game there so <laughs> jam sent me a screenshot of that game and it was like the professor of the game saying something and their uh -huh. name is professor mirror and i was so upset that this professor didn't have a tree name like all the other pokemon <laughs> professors then jams was like well it's not a pokemon professor it's a camera professor yeah yeah he's he's like, like okay a, then th then that's permissible photographer <laughs> okay guy, so i was i i was like you can't run out of trees yet like there's enough trees <laughs> that we can have a new pokemon tree name professor uh until i die yeah true indeed uh but yeah that's what i've been up to however let's get down to business the unwritten start discussing mm -hmm. that uh melissa so i i pitched this one i had heard of this comic i had heard some nice things but it's one that i i i didn't hear people discussing much when it was mentioned it was like oh yeah that, that one's good you, you know so i was like oh okay uh well i guess maybe i don't need to get to it right away mm -hmm. or something like that uh but melissa i was very surprised with how much i enjoyed this one yeah, I I think as of right now, it's still er, er, early on. I think this is my biggest surprise of the year. I really dug this. This was great. Nice. Um, wh wh what did you think? I also really liked it. It is exactly what I thought it was going to be, but a lot more. Yeah, this book has so much supplementary material so many side stories in it already so many like little tangential pathways i wasn't expecting and they're all fascinating and i want to get back to the core story i'm like you gave me yeah. too many good things like I, I can't balance them all yeah and we we only read the first two volumes but e e even still in those like 
12-ish issues. Like, it didn't feel like it was bloated or there was too much or it didn't focus enough on one thing. Like, it had a lot. And it did it all really well. Uh, mm. Like, I, I don't felt like... I, I did not feel like I was missing something and be like, ah, man, I wish I would have, you know, learned more about that stuff. I, I mean, I... I do wish I knew more about all of this stuff, but I didn't feel like one was lacking, if that makes sense. Mm. I was sat- satisfied with what I've read so far, and I, I would love to go back and and keep reading this, 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 this series. Uh, it, it, it was expertly written. It was smart. It, it made me be like, geez, I know nothing about literature. <laughs> this is cool. I know some <laughs> of these names, but I don't know their work. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this had a fascinating story. I think the like pitch of this book is enough to get me is enough to get me in, but it does so much more like it's not it, it it's really not what we pitched it as last week which is what if harry potter was based on a real person uh and then that person starts to like doubt his existence and stuff like that i think i i pitched it as oh now he thinks something he's like in a, yeah. a, a book or something which is not the case but um yeah like it is that, but then they take it so much farther than 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 that, and that like I was just like, oh, this is neat. I really like this. There's some like Illuminati stuff going on. <laughs> it's neat. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, 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 other general thoughts and and stuff. Did you did you like the art? Uh, yeah, the art's gorgeous. I particularly liked the the cover images and how mm-hmm. much of the art is like light lines over dark colors, dark backgrounds, like really interesting, high contrast brushwork. Yeah. Beautiful book. I love all the typography. The lettering in this book is excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The the <laughs> art the artwork is interesting because it's uh it's realistic. But it's not so realistic that it you, you can't have like cartoony moments and stuff like that. Yeah, there, there is some like cartoonish villainy and characters from uh, from time to time, but it it all mixes really really well. So the the art is is neat indeed. Uh, let's see. Other things that I wanted to mention, just kind of not spoilery. Um, yeah, there, there is a lot of like extra material in, in the book, which I enjoyed Mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, if you're familiar with like Watchmen and how they have all the like newspaper stuff, it has similar things to that. It has like social media posts and search pages and stuff like that. And then these like side stories like i i guess is what we can call mm-hmm. them for now um i'm i'm sure i'm sure yeah. they will factor in somehow some way mm. down the road but yeah they just seemed like 
extra stories from 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 this from this universe um with characters that we might know or like in in from actual books and stuff or maybe a story about the author uh of of some of these 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 books and it was just neat stuff neat stuff in yeah i liked it a lot um cool well let's get into a basic plot synopsis uh yeah of this stuff and then we can get into spoilers and stuff like that down the road the 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 whole world is obsessed with this harry potter type book series about a boy wizard named tommy taylor and the writer uh supposedly based tommy taylor off of his son tom Mm -hmm. he was inspired by his boy he made his boy into this hero and gave him these magical adventures and now tom is an adult you know and he goes to all these tommy taylor fan conventions he's kind of a celebrity as like yeah the embodiment of tommy taylor in the real world but he's like it's not me don't call me tommy i hate being called tommy i'm tom there's also this mystery where his dad we don't know if he really disappeared or if he's just very far removed from the public eye. Nobody's really sure what happened to him. Is he going to ever write another book? We don't know. And the Tom is at a convention when a woman approaches him, insisting that he is the actual Tommy Taylor of the storybook come to life. Basic. Well, she she insinuates that, that like the, the, a bunch of yeah. documents around his life have been forged, yes. and it's very obvious that he didn't know that. Uh, and he yeah. just like he he has this like existential crisis of of like uh, no, I I'm I am real. I am who I say I am. Like I'm not. Yeah, like I don't books. remember my mom. But I definitely had a mom because my dad told me I had a mom. Right. Yeah. So, he, yeah, he, he just has this crisis and doesn't really know what to make of it. And that kind of sets him on the path for this big adventure. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, the, I think the thing I read on Comixology was like there's a literary underworld uh, that he discovers yeah. and stuff like that. Um so yeah, it's it's an it's an in, 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 interesting book indeed. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, but Melissa, let's get into some housekeeping and then we'll get into mm-hmm. spoilers. If you guys did not know, we have multiple podcasts here at the Whatnots. You guys can find out more information on our website, which is thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just t- type in the Whatnots and all of our shows will pop up right there. If you like what we do, patreon.com slash the Whatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, We have a $3 tier, which you guys can get all kinds of exclusive content. And we are recording our next one right after we record this. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. Uh, We want to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier and above. So thank you to Sam and thank you to Greg Neller uh, for supporting us. It means a lot. Uh, So thank you. Thank you. We love you both. Uh, and congratulations to 
Gagareg and his wife, who just announced that they are pregnant. Uh, so Aww. there you go. About to be about to be a new dad. So uh, if you guys like live streams, um, we are usually there each Sunday afternoon, each Wednesday and Friday. Uh, be on the lookout for all of that stuff at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. We have been kind of slacking lately on our <laughs> live on our live streams especially when we're playing video games on wednesdays and sundays uh but we are looking to fix that asap uh but sometimes life just gets in the way you know so can't really do much about that but we are hoping to get back to that as soon as possible uh, if if you want, you can subscribe to our channel on Twitch. Uh, and if you have if you have Amazon Prime, you also have Twitch Prime. Uh, you just have to link your accounts, which is super simple. Uh, and then you have a free subscription to give out each month. And we would love that to be us here at the Whatnots, because uh, then we can make bigger and b b b better content for you down the road, which would be sweet. So. There you go. That's housekeeping this week. Last thing I do want to mention is uh, it's up right now for Patreon supporters, but I assume by time you guys hear this, it will be out to the public. On the captain's log uh, this week, we got mm -hmm. to interview Paul Bay, uh, who is the creator of the Black Tapes podcast and the Big Loop podcast and Marvel's uh, the audio drama adaption of the graphic novel um we've talked about much of his work here on the podcast and we've we've recommended it multiple times uh but the very very first podcast that the whatnots put out back in like 2015 uh was on the black tapes podcast was on his his work so it was a dream uh to get to talk with with him and interview mm -hmm. him so please go check that, 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 that out he has some amazing stories uh it was a lot yeah. of fun so definitely go ch check that out on the captain's log but that being said we are now officially done with housekeeping. Melissa, let's get into spoilers. I spit really big when I said spoilers. I don't know if it, 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 it got <laughs> caught on, ca on camera or not. We're just like, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, if somebody was listening to the audio podcast, they've had no idea. So you've just outed yourself uh, yeah, yeah, as, well, as big spit man. <sighs> Big spit man. That's me. Kyle Springer. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's least favorite X-Men. <laughs> yeah. What's the... Um, uh, shoot. What movie was that? I think it was like an Adam Sandler movie and he meets that kid named Sammy Sprinkler and he he like that was the I nickname because he spits all the time. He's like, hi, I'm Sammy Sprinkler. And he's just like <laughs> spitting the whole, the whole time. Oh, well. I digress. <laughs> Melissa, let's get into the unwritten here. What did you want to talk about first? What stood out to you about this book? Oh, it is very rich. There's a lot going on Absolutely. in a lot of different facets. And it's a bit more complex than I, I thought it was. I think when you first pitched it, I thought it was going to be more like 
there's this boy who supposedly the books were based on, but just on a surface level, like the author was inspired by, you know, the personality and the imagination of his son. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I just imagine what if my son was a wizard? And then I thought the twist was going to be that this kid was like, no, I am a wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and dad just wrote down everything verbatim and, you know, we can't tell people I'm a <laughs> wizard. So we yeah. said it's fiction. I thought it was going to be something kind of like that. But instead to have this, instead of the books are based off of the boy, the boy was based off of the books. <laughs> like he's just been pulled out of the pages and brought to life as a Pinocchio, as a real boy. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting tw twist because I, I did think it was going to lean a little more into the Harry Potter aspect. Than, than than what we got here we do see pages of of the book mm. we, we, we see some t t text and then it's a comics how you see the the art artwork of these like bits of the novels which uh, of which there are 13 out uh yeah and they're waiting on the 14th one there um but yeah, you, you see some of that stuff, and yeah, it is absolutely, it's like, oh, this is like, okay, there's Harry, Ron, and Hermione, this is Voldemort, like, that, like it is those yeah. characters, basically, uh, but yeah, it, it, it doesn't necessarily parallel what's happening in real life, but I think it is giving you hints or at least introducing you to characters of like, hey, this is the Voldemort character. Pay attention because you, you might see him down the road here. Or here's uh, Mingus, the flying cat, um, which is a very cute, great name because uh, apparently he's a trumpet player uh, like the jazz musician Charles Mingus, which is where he got the cat's name. So I was like, oh, I like that. Okay. Okay. That's cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So like, yeah, they're starting to introduce you to these concepts of like, oh, he played the last note. And that's this like apocalyptic trumpet sounds that does something. Who knows what? Um, and yeah, I like, I, I, I was expecting to, to be more in that world, uh, and I, I yeah, I, I guess have that be more of the world we inhabit rather than real life. If, if that makes sense, like he, I, I, yeah, I guess I was thinking the existential crisis was going to be more of the the thing like like yeah yeah i i actually mm -hmm. am this character i did all of this stuff i need to hide this and like figure out how to have a normal life but he's so used to like flying cats and magic and all of that stuff <laughs> and it's, it's yeah it's really not that at, at, at least so far in 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 the book and i i think i dug this more um that he yeah. he really really does believe that he is just this like normal guy like i hi my name's tom uh like that's it mm -hmm. um yeah 
He wears bowling shirts. He's like an extremely regular man. He yeah. also doesn't appear to have a real job besides going to Tommy Taylor conventions. Yeah, yeah. He uh, they they make reference uh, to Christopher Robin at the start yes. of the book, which is apparently uh, what the creator was like he like that is the inspiration for the, the this character uh, mm-hmm. and where i got the idea from because uh I, I i guess in that guy's autobiography the real christopher robin like said something along the lines of like i felt like my father stole my childhood and oh uh, like made a bunch of money off of it and then gave it back in a way that I couldn't do anything with. And so he was just like, well, fuck you, dad. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, and so, yeah, like this book kind of takes that and then is like, but what if there was a big conspiracy wrapped up in all of that? Uh, which mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for that stuff. Uh, so I, yeah, this spoke to me very fast when I was like, oh, there's like this Illuminati, this like shadowy cabal of literary figures. What is this? I want to know more. Yeah. Where they like watch over your life. And if you continue to write what they want you to write, you push out the messages and you sort of influence the public in the way they like, they'll set your life up for you. Yeah. Like I think at the end of the first volume uh, we go back in time and we read from Rudyard Kipling's journal, you know, the author right. of the Jungle Book and how right. the, yeah. the these people came to him and he, he goes to London and he meets Oscar Wilde and he just says offhand that he doesn't care for Oscar Wilde. And then they have Oscar Wilde thrown in jail. And he's like, that's not what I thought or wanted you to do. <laughs> And then when he starts deviating from what it was that they originally sort of hired him to do, then his kids start dying mysteriously. Like they knock off the first one and the second one. And he's like, God, I don't want to do this, but I have to go back to being their man. I have to write the stories they want me to write because I've just got the one kid left. and I got to make sure she stays alive. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. It's it's mysterious. It's uh, yeah, it does feel like it has this good global scale and i i i'm not gonna say that i feel like something like this actually does happen in the literary world no i i don't but uh it it like for a fiction this doesn't feel too far off if that makes sense like it makes Mm -hmm. sense that like hey if you want to be a shadowy group that is kind of controlling the world and the way it develops the stuff you publish the words you write are really important part of that stuff like getting your message out there making people believe it like all of that stuff or what you don't write in in, Mm -hmm. instead right as the book is named the unwritten um like that stuff can have a big impact and so it is this really neat idea to, to have this like illuminati type cabal just being like no you will control the world yes you will write 
Frankenstein now. Uh, <laughs> you will write the Jungle Book next. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it like it, it seems ridiculous for some of that stuff. But then when you see some of the uh, 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 other work, like you mentioned here with the Roger Kipling uh, stuff, he was writing like pro british empire stuff at at her at first which i don't know how true that is i like i this is one of the things where it was like i recognize the name kipling but i don't (laughs) i'm not familiar enough to be like oh good old kipling you know the jungle book but then once the day once he was like and then i wrote my series of jungle books i was like oh okay he's he's writing Mowgli and all all of them i know Mm. okay okay that makes sense um but yeah i'm I'm not sure how true that was that he was i I think so pro british empire i i guess all that stuff seems around that time so i wouldn't put it past them (laughs) i i think so yeah this i i was an english major and this is a lot of stuff that i i don't know i'm not like i'm in the same boat like i know these names for sure yeah and i've heard the names of the the writers and their works and maybe i know a couple lines or characters but that's really it yeah 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 it's good uh Speaking of which, the main character, Tom, uh, it, it, he he has a similar knowledge set. Like, he knows a lot of the n- 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 names. And then the one thing his father drilled into him was, like, the geography of a lot of these books. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, this book is set here. That is the tavern that this thing had in, in that book. And it was based off of this building. Like, he knows that stuff. But he doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily know the works itself. Um, yeah, like he doesn't know what's in a book, but he knows where the book was set and where the author wrote it. Yeah. And so it, it's it, knowledge that makes him seem smart, right? That we, we do get this yeah. one scene where he goes in this library and is asking for a certain character who is using a pseudonym but he didn't really know that at first uh and they're like oh that's a character in a book like uh, what do you mean you need to speak with them you you know and then he he mutters some nonsense to me and they're like oh so you know all of these books and he's like no i have no idea what's in what's in these books but but i know some names and places Uh. (laughs) yeah the woman who approaches him at the convention is named lizzie hexham and she mentions that she works for this university and he goes there and asks for her. They're like, the only Lizzie Hexham we have is in the library. She's a character in this Dickens book. He's like, oh, yeah, I know where on the London map that book is set, but I couldn't name you one of the characters. <laughs> I, I know that's where she pulled her name from. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's introduced to this real strange world very fast. Because, um, yeah, it's at, mm. it's at this like comic book convention. Um, that that he kind of gets called out and then it's quick that the public turns mm-hmm. on on him like everything you said was a lie and still there's like oh no he is the savior he is the one from the books he's here to say he can do magic uh, and they're like trying to worship him as a savior 
Mm-hmm. And then the book takes a turn that I was not expecting. Yeah. It, it like, I don't want to say it's a horror story. It's, it's not. Uh, but the part of this book are these like two or three ish issues at the end of volume one. There's like a big like murder party going on. Yeah. A whole bunch of, of people get murdered and uh, Tom is framed for all of these mm-hmm. murders. The cops show up and he's the only one left there. And there's all these dead bodies around him. Uh, and then we see Mingus, the flying cat. He's just like, uh, mm-hmm. you guys are seeing this too, right? Like there shouldn't there shouldn't yeah. be a flying cat here. Yeah. And Tommy Taylor, his equivalent of the, the lightning bolt scar is that he has this like sigil sort of thing tattooed on the back of his hand. Yeah. And this just appears on the back of Tom's hand at one point, And he's like, I, I got to wash this off. Like, I don't want this. I'm not supposed <laughs> to have this. My life is bad enough already. Now they're all really going to call me Tommy. I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, he, like, he's just sitting there like, well, that's not good. <laughs> just <Yeah. like laughs> looking at his hand. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He like, he's, he's still like, he's in disbelief, but he's not, he's not shocked. If that makes sense. Like he, he's, he's taking it in stride and he's just like, I, I like this stuff is strange. I don't know why this is happening, but it's happening and I'm not freaking out about it. Like he's oddly calm. Um, yeah, which, which I guess gives more credence to the whole thing. Like you actually are Tommy from these books. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't know it. Um, but yeah, he's like he's he's starting to unravel this mystery uh within within the book uh or not within the book within all of these books so at this like murder party before it becomes this big thing uh it's a bunch of writers i guess like on some kind of tour it seemed like it, 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 I, I yeah, it's don't like think a, that was it exactly, but they're doing a workshop in the manner where Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. And apparently long before that, this was the same place John Milton wrote Paradise Lost, which I didn't know. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then also where Tom's father started to write the, yeah. the these uh, books. So there yeah, is this like, this like manner came into the. The the Taylor family, yes, or or at 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 least was maybe something that this literary cabal was like. Hey, you will work out of this house here, and we'll set you up in this big yeah mansion slash safe house with all our secrets and stuff like that. Um, and Tom ends up finding the like secret office that his father worked in by finding a hidden safe and figuring out the combination and then finding the doorknob that like fit in the the hole and stuff like that and inside Mm -hmm. that room there's a map and and a map that has all these markings of these like locations in all of these books 
um, which is the stuff that he knows. He's like, hey, I recognize these things. Like, that's where this book was written. That's where that thing was based off of. And so he he ends up understanding it as this, like, map of stories or, like, where stories originated. Um, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but they're they're essentially using this map to go to location to location to I, I guess kind of fix some of these things or undo some things or change certain things to they do they do that once. And when they do that, it seems like that's not where they were supposed to have gone. <laughs> like, that's not where they are in their journey yet at that point. So I think it happens. It's something that Tom can do, but I don't know yet if that's the point of what they need to be doing. Yeah, because they, they end up basically being transported by this map into uh, like pre-World War II Nazi G -G -G Germany or, or like right when the Nazis are just starting to yeah. get, get big 1940. There. Yeah. And um, they, the story Judd Suss, I, I don't know if I'm mm -hmm. saying that right. I, I think that's it. That's being turned into a movie. Uh, and the whole idea behind that is that this, book was about uh this jewish guy and his life and i think it is more of a uh a tragedy if i'm not like it's it's not what this movie is the the nazis basically turned it into propaganda of like hey here's why you should hate the jews uh and mm. that's kind of the thing that they fix with this is they they end yeah. up uh Fixing that so that movie never really gets made or the book is like brought back into focus of like, hey, here is the real story. Yeah, uh, it's not necessarily that they're like fixing it like, oh, if we change this word on page 93, <laughs> everything will be better. Um, yeah, they well, I think they're just trying to escape from the uh, jail on fire where they were to begin with. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> it's a whole we'll other thing. Back and they're like, just that. put the doorknob in the wall. Like, let's just get out somewhere. And they wind up in this, yeah, 1940s Germany. And this beautifully illustrated portion of the book. Like, they're, it's almost like this is a shadow land that they're walking through. Like, everything yeah. looks like, it like looks it's drawn wonderful. really realistically. And like very shadowy, like it looks like an old photograph. And then the characters are illustrated the same. They're very vibrantly colored and they're just sort of walking through mm -hmm. all of this world, like as these shadows who nobody really sees, yeah. except if they pay too much attention to any one person, that person absorbs their focus and comes to life. And then they can see these interlopers. Yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah, there was this book that was written by a Jewish author as the tale of a Jewish man who uh, I think was not a good guy. And then his bad deeds led to his downfall. Right. And then he like used he like turned back to his religion and he used that to pick himself up and like came right, through yeah. more devoted to his faith, a better man. Yeah. And then the, the these Nazi filmmakers uh, told that story, but cut it short. It's like we're not getting the redemption at the end. See, he's it's a just bad look at man. how bad this man is. 
And then like Ed, that movie became a big thing and everybody forgot what the original book was. And the book like lives in this world as something that Lizzie calls a canker. It's like when a book's true message has been corrupted, it's been reversed. It's not the way things are supposed to be anymore. Yeah. And Tom, uh, it seems like maybe that's something his father wanted him to eventually fix, but didn't think he was at that stage yet. And then Tom does confront this like book movie monster and kind of sets things right. But this is like the last part of the second volume, the last part of what we read. So we don't really know yet what the consequences of this right. are, how the world is different. Right. Yeah. It's 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 an interesting sequence, but that's that's what it appears to be. That's at, at least what these like first two volumes seem to be setting up is like, hey, they will be traveling from location to location and either like fixing things or changing things or somehow like dealing with these stories that have been corrupted, assumingly by this sh shadowy cabal that have been like, hey, focus more on this thing or ch change yeah. the story to to do this. Um, and yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. That's a yeah. really, really neat concept, um, which is is then like, oh, this book is really not about this like, hey, what if Harry Potter was based on a real guy? Like it just it it's something completely new. And uh, yeah, like like I said, was not what I was expecting, but a great su surprise. Yeah, one of my favorite parts of this book so far is uh, the supplementary material you mentioned, where like you see blog posts, forum posts, news articles, things like that of people talking about the Tommy Taylor world and the ongoing story of Tom Taylor, mm -hmm. how it's believed that he's a fraud, you know, that he's been lying like he's not really Wilson Taylor's son. He or, or like Wilson Taylor was like, what if I said that I based Tommy Taylor on a real son? Let me adopt this boy secretly and be like, yeah, that's my boy. I based the wizard on him. Isn't that fun? Isn't that nice? Everybody buy more of the books. Like there's people there who thinks that who think that's what has happened. There's people there's like sort of a cult who thinks, no, he's real. He is the Tommy Taylor. He's magic. He can heal us all. He, and then after that, he's framed for those murders at the Frankenstein house. <laughs> you watch the fallout of that and how it affects people. And we see blog posts from this one psychologist talking about this uh fallout of that of this like tommy uh -huh. taylor syndrome which is just the disillusionment that so many people in the world feel now knowing that this this world is huge it's like the defining story of the time yeah everybody's obsessed with tommy taylor and to have your happy place the place that taught you to to dream to imagine to like feel heroic and go on adventures to have that tainted by association of what the real Tom Taylor supposedly did, people feel traumatized. And like we see occasionally blog posts and news interviews with this woman talking about that trauma yeah. that people are feeling. It's it's uh, they, they haven't spoken on it much yet, but there is this idea of like 
how do you separate the art from the artist, right? Because there are some some things that are like, oh, this artwork is wonderful. But the artist himself has done some real shitty things. Does that mean we don't support the work anymore? Is there a way to appreciate what they did without appreciating that? Like, how do you deal with that and cope with that? And I like that it's digging into that. Uh, but also like hasn't explicitly dealt with that yet. Like, here's how you cope. Step one, do this, right? Right. It's like it's just it's exploring <laughs> that that's... in a story. Yeah, and like that's a conflict I think a lot of people go through in real life that I have not seen a fiction tackle within its own story. Yeah. I can't point to a fictional character who's gone through that same experience a lot of us have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure they're out there, but yeah, there's not one that's like, oh, this guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it's 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 really neat. All this supplemental material stuff. I I also really enjoyed the like hundred acre wood Peter Rabbits thing because yeah. it's like these cute little animals, and then whoever the like Peter Rabbit character is. Uh, is not supposed to be there. Like it's, it seems mm-hmm. like it's someone trapped inside uh, that rabbit's body, and they are yeah. just the grumpiest. Like, and they cuss so much, and they're just like, oh, "F you, this, that." that. <laughs> it's just so, so funny. Um, and yeah, but there is the like this like haunting thing when he he goes to meet the like. Alice in Wonderland kind of character who's also in that mm-hmm. world there and he's like I know you like you're not a little girl you're a grown woman pretending to be a younger woman um and that's not healthy and it's a little strange and I I don't know exactly what's going on here but this isn't right well, it was like, like a it, it seemed like it was like a uh, an author who wanted to write herself into the story, but thought it would appeal more to children if she said there all these cute animals went to visit a schoolgirl, like the same age right, yeah. as the kids who she wanted to read this book. So and, and like the rabbits making fun of her for really being this like old crone who's like now created this immortal life for herself as a young girl. Yeah, yeah. Um the, the 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 whole thing was interesting because it's we don't understand who this character is like is are we gonna meet whoever this rabbit person I, is in real I life wonder if we did like if this we is one have, of those yeah. shadowy cabal operatives who we saw earlier and just like didn't like they were around for a couple pages we didn't really get their name yeah i was reading this saying maybe i know who this guy was i'm not sure yeah we're not sure yet but that's that's the thing like it's it's an interesting concept and i'm fascinated by it and i want to find out okay how does this tie in like how does this factor into this story is this one of the locations that we will be visiting down the road is like or yeah is this some character that we will eventually meet and then find out they got banished into some story that they shouldn't be in um yeah that that's that's neat like especially if that's how 
the rules work of like whether it's this shadowy cabal or it's something that tom eventually does and banishes someone to yeah to that like the fact that that is possible that you can trap someone in another story uh yeah is like, ooh, that's cool i like that uh, yeah and the story like continues around as normal even though we've got this like yeah rabbit yeah i mean he's literally a rabbit you know like rabbit from winnie the pooh yeah <laughs> we've got that sort of a character who's just like cursing everyone out who's screaming who's like <laughs> stabs a mouse with an arrow and then the mouse doesn't even bleed she's like full of stuffing like a, a little plush animal like the story is continuing around as normal like all of his friends are just like oh boy rabbit mr bun is sure in a sour mood today <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so yeah, that that stuff is good i will want to circle back around to the jail um yeah so we see Tom get arrested for these murders and he's put in, in jail. And uh, the second volume is entitled Inside Man. And it's kind of a mystery of like, well, what does that mean exactly there? And we find out that his cellmate is the Inside Man, publishing a mm -hmm. blog uh, by the same name, the Inside Man. And he is this, like, embedded journalist to be like, hey, I'm here to keep an eye on Tom and document everything. Like, this is his story of, like, did he really kill these people? Is he really magic? Like, he's in jail right now. He's not going anywhere. He has to talk to someone, right? Um, and so they're, they're in the, there. But the interesting part with this story is that the warden of the jail uh who apparently like lives across the street from it um yeah uh he he has two small kids that are really really big into these tommy taylor books uh and mm -hmm. that is their bedtime stories they read a couple of pages or a chapter in 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 those books and when when the father the warden is reading those he gets involved too like he he pretends i forget his name but he's like the dumbledore yeah. headmaster character and he he kind of starts acting it out with his kids and his wife thinks it's kind of strange that he's kind of enabling his kids, especially with all the stuff that is going on in the news. But he has this staunch, uh, like stubborn standpoint of 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 like they're kids. They need this magic. They need some mm -hmm. kind of imaginative thing to help them dream. Um, and then he goes to work and he's just like, and you will listen to everything I say because you're mine in here. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, 
Um, yeah, and I like that. Well, the story shows that he needs that too. Like he spends his day among needs a release. all of these criminals. Yeah. You know, like, like the staff of the jail has been corrupt. Like I, they mentioned that it that's something he's working to clean up. Like too many guards taking bribes, sneaking things in. He's in such a bad situation all day. And when he goes home, he wants to see his kids filled with that much wonder, you know, filled with that much magic and like hope and like we can play at being heroes too. Let's draw a protection sigil on the window. Like that really gives him something. That's his break at the end of the day, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Just the way it is for the kids. Yeah. Um, the kids, however, uh, seem to be into it a little too much. Uh, to the point where, yeah, they start to take their daughter, especially uh, to like a child psychologist to be like, hey, what's going on here with this? And yeah, his response is like, she's not really distinguishing between fantasy and reality, Um, which in normal everyday real life is not a good thing. And it, it can, mm-hmm. can be very d- 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 dangerous it's complicated in this story uh in this yeah, comic yeah. book especially when the premise is like tommy taylor might be a real magician uh he might like mm-hmm. he might have actual magic powers and st- st- stuff like that um unfortunately we don't really get to continue on with that story um which is really really sad uh because uh, in while tom is in jail we see lizzie hexham also get herself put in jail um which they kind of a lame way that she got herself put in jail she went to the police station to be like i have uh something to say about the tommy taylor thing and then she drops her purse when she's inside the station and she has handcuffs and a knife that fall out and it's just like that i I mean sure it felt it felt too comedic for the the tone of the rest of the book yeah Yeah, and it was like okay maybe they detain her and question her and I, I guess in today's day, 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 day and age, yeah, they might arrest her. But it was like, but then to send her to jail, like, it was just like, what is going on here? That's weird. Yeah, it happens. It happens very fast. Yeah. Um, but she gets in jail and her whole thing is she is actually trying to deliver the map to Tom. Uh, she has that mm. on her possession. And so that is brought into the j- jail um and so when they they start is, is escaping using this like magic doorknob thing and they meet F- F- frankenstein in the j- 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 right, j- yeah. j- 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 jail which was strange um oh and then tom is talking about the song of roland and as he's telling that story as he's reliving it like roland's ghost appears in yeah. front of them like he's, he was able to like that girl from irredeemable like right, if he tells yes, the ghost story that's exactly what ghost. i was about to mention yeah um yeah it's like that that character whose powers are like i tell stories and they're so real that the characters come to life and do all of that, that stuff 
Um, yeah, so there's some weird things g- g- going on, but they start their escape, and uh, the children, the warden's children, see part of the jail on fire, um, and there also happens to be a bunch of, like, mercenary soldiers invading the jail from the literary cabal who seem to be there to kill Tom. Um, Mm. And and so a lot is going on like all at once. And it's, it's chaos. Um, Yeah. And like the warden was allowing them to come in and kill Tom, I think because he didn't want the situation with Tom to get worse because he was shielding his kids from that news that the, the man who Tommy Taylor was supposedly based on maybe committed all of these heinous murders. Like he didn't want the kids to know he wanted them to keep living in that fantasy world. And it seems like maybe he wants Tom killed so that nobody ever knows for sure. And maybe if his life ends here, his legacy will be sad rather than shameful. Like it'll be easier for his kids to deal with when they do learn the story, when they get older, like it'll preserve more of the, magic of the books for them. Yeah, it, it might be something more like, yeah, the books were wonderful and it was great, but I think the pressure of fame just got to him at the end, which is really sad. Yeah. You know, so that's, I think, what he was hoping for. But the kids see it and go to the jail and they make it inside somehow, some way. And in these escape attempt at the end, yeah. uh, the, there's like a part uh, or like someone shoots a rocket launcher that hits a part of the building that then crumbles it and it kills the kids like they get c- crushed by that that stuff. And the the warden is just beside himself with, with just he's, like he's so distraught he turns into a vampire <laughs> he becomes right Count yeah, ambrosio becomes, who's like the voldemort of the tommy taylor books yeah like the, the that's a weird thing too of like how how does that work can characters yeah, yes. that feel a certain w- way evoke certain characters and thus like turn into them um or is is this like a uh, this guy kind of made a deal with the devil so to speak like in that instance like hey i will do anything if you give me my kids back and that devil character may or may not be count m barogio or however you say his name there um who knows yeah. Who knows? But yeah, there are some wild things going on in this book. I liked it a lot. The artwork is imaginative. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, Let me it's, ask it's you a Sony. silly question. Yeah. Shoot. So the uh, the blogger, I'm I'm forgetting his name. The 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 cellmate, the redheaded guy. Sure. Yeah. He's got this like kind of cartoonish like goatee when you first see him Mm -hmm. and then as you get more close-ups of him and panels as the story goes on you see like he's got a very exaggerated chin like it's not all like goatee like he's got like a very long chin so long that i'm wondering is this a fantasy creature (laughs) 
I don't want to make fun of the guy. I don't want to make fun of like real physical features that exist out there in the world. But he reminds me of like a little codlin man or something. He kind of reminds me of the monarch. Do you understand this? Like, like with the like long <laughs> yeah, he does have a monarch look to him. Like he he doesn't seem villainous. Like he does seem like he's go- 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 going to end up being the more like Ron Weasley character. But yeah, I'm wondering if there is something more to him. Um, I My guess would be maybe like a Mr. Tumnus character is is that his name from from the lion yes, the witch in the yeah Lord yeah Arjo? when you've got a goatee it really makes you feel like a pan is <laughs> you're a fawn of some billy goat's goat man gruff or scruff or whatever yes. it is um yeah i don't know like we we don't have much to go on with that but yeah i i am wondering if there are characters that we have met or we will meet down the road that are uh like fictional characters in disguise or magical creatures in disguise or mm-hmm. maybe they are something and they just don't know it like it they, they are kind yeah. of like the same thing as tom of just like no i'm i'm tom like i'm not tommy i'm not that boy wizard that wouldn't make sense <laughs> magic <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but they they might be who mm-hmm. knows who knows who knows uh, one of my favorite little mystery bits in the story is when tom goes to see sue sue sparrow is like the hermione of these books but like his father had a an old flame named her name's also Sue. Maybe he named the character after her, uh, who he's always sort of had a grudge against because the story is that his father had an affair with this woman and was off with her and missed Tom's birth. It's like Tom knows her. They're mildly civil with each other, but like they've never really liked each other, never connected. We don't know what that whole story is back there, Mm -hmm. but he goes to visit her to ask like, can you tell me something about my mom? Because, like, now he is questioning his past yeah. since those papers were brought up. Like, Wilson Taylor bought this baby from a couple in Croatia or something like that. So he goes to her to try and get some answers. Like, I don't really like you or trust you that much, but you were there. I can't get a hold of my dad. You're the only person I know who knew me when I was a kid. And she teaches him this, like, lesson about how the truth can be anything. Like, she opens the door to her basement, and she's like, the, the light bulb is burned out. But walk downstairs, tell me, how many, tell me how many stairs you count. So she shuts the door, he's there on the staircase in the dark, he's walking down, and the stairs keep going. Yeah. He counts to, like, 2,000 steps. And then she opens the door again, the light comes in from the kitchen, he walks back upstairs, and he's like, I was uh, 2,000 steps down and 12 steps up. She's like, yeah. <laughs> who knows what the truth is yeah and he doesn't freak out like again this is one of those things yeah. like i would be like what the fuck is your basement like what is wrong with you what is like what are you hiding wow magic magic is real what is going on what, what did you put in my tea like and yeah he's just like 12 steps up huh okay right well like he's see you he's later sue perplexed <laughs> He is somewhat shaken. He's perplexed by everything. But you're, it's like you said earlier, everything's just like, 
huh, well, that's not good. Instead of him like yeah. screaming and tearing his hair out. Yeah. Like you can tell on some deep level, kind like he doesn't understand it, but something about this does feel right to him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels familiar in a strange way. And he's just like, huh, I, I, I guess. I, I guess there could be a, a way to make me go 2,000 stairs, but I really only technically made it down 12. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, so he's uh, dealing with all of that. What do you think Lizzie Hexum is up to? Because up to? she we- <laughs> she is, we, we mentioned Sue and how Sue is also kind of the yeah. Hermione character. Uh, but for Tom, Lizzie seems to kind of be the, at, at least for now, seems to be the the Hermione character. Yeah. But she's up to something. What do you think she's up to? Well, when the story starts, it seems like this is some mysterious woman who picked a literary pseudonym. But as the story goes on and we learn more about how the lines between reality and fiction are very blurred, maybe that is the woman pulled out of Dickens. Like, that's just her come to life. We don't know. And I like the scene where she goes to an airport bookstore and she like like she knows Wilson Taylor. She knows Tom's missing father or wherever it is he's been. Like she, she knows him. She's working with him to try and steer Tom in a certain direction. And she's like standing there in the bookstore asking for answers. And she picks a random book off the shelf, open it. And then in the middle of all of whatever the book normally is supposed to say, there is like a message from Wilson embedded in there yeah, saying, that was no, cool. go, go to Tom, bring him this map, tell him this. Yeah, that reminded me of the, like, I believe it's in Chamber of Secrets when they have that diary in Harry Potter and it starts to write back and it's Voldemort. Um, uh, Yeah, it reminded me of that, but she's also hearing his voice over the radio. Like, she goes into, like, a specific shop. That has a certain radio, and on that radio is the voice of Tom's father, and he she's getting instructions from from him. We don't always really see what they are, and we don't really know what they're up to. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the thing of like, hmm, what is really going on here? Is that really his father, or is that someone else? Uh, is 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 he still alive? Is he trapped somewhere? What's going on? Are they up to no good? Are they really the bad guys? Is this... Who knows? This could be some weird connection where Ambrosio is maybe actually like Tommy Taylor's father, like long lost father, and it's about them like trying to connect. Of like, like I'm trying mm. to connect with my son, but my son sees me as this monster, uh, and, mm. and like, how, like how how do we fix that and change that and stuff? I, I, that's just a wild speculation, but yeah, like we 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 we. we, we we just don't know what they're up to yet. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's like 
10 or 11 volumes of this? Let me see. Uh, 11 yeah. volumes. Okay. Is what this said. So we read the first two. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah. When is this book from? Uh, the volume one released in January 2010. So it was 2009. Oh. Okay, that makes sense. No, I like there's nothing about this book that feels dated in any way, except for whenever anybody holds up a phone, it's a Blackberry style yep. phone. <laughs> like that kind that that kind of gives me a time range. Good old yeah, those only existed from like 2001 to 2008. Yeah. Uh, and then that last volume looked like it came out in 2015. So it's okay. Older, but not super old okay interesting stuff interesting stuff indeed yeah i liked the artwork a lot i really really enjoy the cover and what they do with text especially when it is mm -hmm. being wrapped up in like spells and and stuff like a yeah. lot of the cover artwork has uh like text being like wrapped around people's necks or uh made to look like water but it, there's there's like messages inside that there's a couple scenes we get where one character uh seems to have the power to like melt things and when he melts things they turn into this like silvery liquid yeah. with letters inside it that become physical because there's a scene where he melts a phone and it's just this like puddle on the ground. But then this kid walks by and she's like, look, letters on the ground. And her mom, <laughs> mom, mom, mom like says, don't pick those up. And, and like, yeah, and that could be just like, oh, she, the mom didn't really look uh, to see what it actually yeah. was. But I took that to be at like those are now physical things like there is just a yeah. t on the ground and an h and then you, you know something else there um yeah like they they do some really fascinating stuff and then when we got to see uh the the, the book J -J Judd's us i did again i don't know how to pronounce that correctly mm -hmm. um uh yeah the like canker that it becomes yeah. is this fascinating like uh, just really dense mixture of fonts and characters and texture and it is just it's like it's not given form it's not like oh it looks like a monster or it looks like a person it is just this thing it is this overwhelming <laughs> force it reminds me of when the smoke monster would flash and show you images from your past on Lost. There you go. Yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, like I, I, I really like what they did with that. And the artwork, especially for the covers, uh, in, interestingly enough, seems to have more of an Asian influence to them to the colors and the designs and the outfits yeah. and, and, yeah. and stuff like that um it's really really rich and really dense but it looks like those yeah like a line cut painting 
like a yes. like a Chinese yeah. wood block painting, but then done in like a modern day comic book style. Um, mm-hmm. It's fascinating. It's really good stuff. I like it a lot. So, kudos to everyone who worked on the book. Yeah, stuff. Does it say who did the covers? Uh, Yuko Shim- Chimizu. Yuko Shimizu. Does it say Japanese illustrator based in New York? Uh, yeah, they they did feel like old I... Japanese illustrations to me with those those light lines and the way the the lines were 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 brushed on. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, she's d- d- done a lot of uh, I- I- illustration for different magazines and publications and stuff. It looks like this is maybe her only comics work. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, uh, there was Spy vs. Spy Reimagined. Spy vs. Spy! Society of Illustrators. I don't know. That was from 2017. Interesting. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, final thoughts or last things you want to talk about from the unwritten? Oh, I, w- <laughs> I wonder if the trade, it seems like there's definitely been some sort of Faustian bargain going on. I wonder if maybe Wilson Taylor traded... I want, I've written this boy, I want to bring him to life. Like, I'm the Geppetto to his Pinocchio. Make, his. make my creation a real boy. But the trade-off is, okay, uh, for 30 years, you'll get to have that, and then you have to go into the book. Like, maybe that's where he is. Yeah? <laughs> like, he's been the Dumbledore character, or something like that. I like the idea that he's also been trapped. Like, in return, he has to be trapped in a fiction. Well, the weird thing is, so after they get out of the, like, pre-World War II Nazi Germany, they land in the future uh, by a few years. I don't remember how much. It's not super far in. It's still... It, it's, oh, it's like it's three months. Deep. Yeah, yeah. Right, so three months. But I think... Yeah, it, it was enough to give it was enough space to have people kind of forget about Tom Taylor of just like what happened? Where did he go after the jail and stuff like that? Uh, but it seems like the next book is coming out like or, yeah. or, or his father has returned or so, or something. Right. Because they we do see had that news paper there that said like uh, wilson taylor he's he's back the 14th novel it's coming out next week and we did see a a a scene where his publisher is like gets a package put on his desk and it's like the 14th manuscript with just like a note on it we still have not seen wilson taylor we don't have proof that wilson taylor still exists out there in the real world right yeah yeah um I don't know. We shall see. We shall see what happens there. I, 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 what do you think is going to be in that 14th manuscript? Do you have thoughts or theories oh. or speculations you might like to see? Oh, 
I don't I don't think I know enough yet to predict because I'm not exact. It seems like the 13th book ended with. Count Ambrosio like blows some notes on this magic golden horn, and if he blows the last note, then he'll end the world. But he's turned to stone before then, and like the horn still is in his hand. Like Tommy's able to like get the horn out of his hands, and he doesn't know that if the horn has now been wiped clean, like if all of those notes have to be blown by the same mouth, if he ever blows on this horn again. Will it end the world or will it do something else? Because it seemed like one or two notes would like bring somebody back to life. Like different variations of notes can do other magic things. And it ends with him being unsure if he should try that or not. That I I thought it was like the Ron Weasley character or something who pulled the trumpet out and was was about to use it to bring Tom Taylor back. Because he in in this like final confrontation yeah, it seemed like it killed or stopped both of them, both the uh, Tommy and Ambrosio. Yeah. So it looks like they were going to resurrect him. So I'm wondering if it was those notes that brought him to the real world of like the whoever the Ron Weasley character was did this. And then he's like, mm-hmm. I'm a real boy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm wondering if this, this 13th or, uh, this 14th novel is going to be, yeah, the mystery of like how to find, uh, his father or if it is like a, like if he is a character from a book, is this like a predestination free will story of like, Hey, this manuscript just told the story of everything you did in these 11 v- v- volumes. And like it is that story. Um, huh. And and it is the story of you. Yeah. Like g- g- going from location to location and all these like literary places and fixing them or who knows what <laughs> and saving your father. And, and I would love for it to get recursive where it's about Tommy Taylor, the boy wizard traveling through the worlds of his own favorite fictional stories. Oh, ah, OK. OK. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you can go see. Oh, yeah. And that's where Birdie Bot made his every flavored bean uh, and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. That'd be good. Interesting. OK. Cool. Yeah, I, I I liked this book a lot. I I uh, one day want to go back and keep reading this book. This is this is definitely a series to check out. Melissa, do you have recommendations? Mm-hmm. If people like ah. this, what else would they like? Uh, just watch the Neverending Story again. <laughs> okay. Reading this made me think about that and how that's uh a fictional world and a real world kind of blending together where Sebastian gets so passionate about the story that then the child queen in the story starts talking to Sebastian. Like you were my savior, Sebastian, you have to help me and betray you. You have to give me a name. Yeah. Okay. Watch that. Watch the page master. True. True. Watch Macaulay Culkin melt into a pile of paint. And then he comes out a cartoon boy and he's friends with Frankenstein and Treasure Island and a Cinderella fairy tale. 
go. Good stuff. Um, and if, oh, go ahead. And if you if you like Harry Potter, not the unwritten, but like the thing unwritten is kind of inspired by. Yeah. There's another young adult magic series I really liked that's kind of in the Harry Potter vein. It's called Bartimaeus. And the first book is called. Got him. Oh, the first book is called The Amulet of Sam Arcand. The author's name is. Let me turn around again. I think it's Jonathan Stroud. And it's a story about this boy wizard. And in this world, if a child is born with magical promise, like you can tell the kid's going to be magic, they have to be taken away from their parents and placed with a, a foster family that will mentor them and teach them magic. And when they turn 13 or whatever, they have to give up their names because the way you do magic in this world is that you summon and make a deal with a demon to do something for you. Mm. And if a demon learns your true name, they will have power over you. Yeah. So that's why it's like you don't know your your birth family. You're going to forget your name, like just erase your past. Like you can't be vulnerable. So all these magicians are like these very hardened, impersonal kind of cold people because that's what they have to do to be impenetrable to these demons and so it's about a boy who I summons gotcha. a demon who accidentally does learn his real name so him and this demon are kind of in this stalemate and it's a real snarky wisecracking demon but also he was centuries ago summoned by his first wizard to protect him and that boy ended up dying and this demon has never gotten over it because mm. he actually really loved that boy <laughs> and demon. he sees in this you know this uh, arrogant young wizard he sees that boy again and he's like i gotta make sure this goes right this time i can't i can't lose another boy cool good stuff yeah you you've you've mentioned that once before i don't remember if it was here on the review show uh, i think that was when we talked about fairy tale because <laughs> the manga fairy tale because that was also it involved a magic system where you summoned spirits to do things for you true Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. sense. Uh, let's see. I want to recommend a webcomic named Namesake. Uh, this is something I found out about years ago, uh, from another podcast. Uh, and then, uh, Paul and, and, uh, I, who, uh, the co-creator, uh, here at the whatnots we covered a good chunk of namesake way back when uh on the whatnots podcast back when this show was called that so you can find that on our website where we talked about it but it is a very similar story in the sense um that there are a bunch of literary characters kind of being dragged into one big giant story uh this one centers around the wizard of oz um and there is this girl who gets dragged to Oz and uh she is the next Dorothy and she's like yeah that's not me I this is a mistake like this is all wrong and they're just like uh no you're the next Dorothy why else would you be here um but yeah there's there's 
magic and there's literary characters and you see uh, characters from the grim fairy tales and from Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and it's it's a great book. It's a web comic. Uh, I don't I think it ended. I think they finished up the story. Um, so it should be all available on on there. I'm sure you can just look up namesake web comic. Um, and yeah, it, it I from what I read of that story, I liked it a lot. Um, so I would go check that out. My other recommendation, uh, one that I've recommended a number of times before for different things, Gotham Academy uh, is ah. a, a great book. It is kind of what if Harry Potter was set in Gotham City, where Batman mm-hmm. is. You really don't see Batman all that much because uh, this focuses on new characters uh, and they are young kids that go to this google and they don't have magic per se but there are strange things happening at that school and there's monsters and secrets and all that stuff and they are uh trying to figure out what the deal is and the mystery of the main character and what happened to her mom and stuff like that so that's a great comic i liked a lot uh and that one is definitely kid friendly too so there you go nice that's what i would recommend for that melissa Uh uh-huh we got something special here this week for pitches yeah so uh you are getting your second shot uh real soon here so you were like hey there might be a day or two that i have some symptoms and stuff i don't know if i'm gonna be yeah. up for recording on that day so uh you graciously gave up your your p- 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 picks and ignacio uh who is one of our co-hosts on crossplay our video our video game podcast here at the whatnots uh was like hey i have three movies i want to pitch uh so he sent me his pitches he will be joining us this next week uh it might just be me and and him um and if melissa if you're feeling up to it um yeah you uh, you you can obviously (laughs) be on as well yeah i truly cannot predict it so i'm like let me just take the week off ahead of time and like maybe if you end up because like i'm i'm going to listen to these and you're going to pick what you want and you know if i decide i'm also interested in that maybe i'll watch it this week and maybe i'll i'll feel right enough to to join the discussion who knows for sure uh, we did have Ignacio on the review show, a, uh, I want to say a, a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago. Uh, and we did, what was the name of the anime that we watched? Uh, movie. Uh, it's not. It's the, the, your the body name. one. Your name. Your yep. name. That was a good one. I completely blanked on that one. I was like, I want to say it's a silent voice, but it's not that one. However... A silent voice is one of the things that he is pitching. Mm-hmm. However, he, he says, uh, these are my picks. I, I, I honestly think the least you know about these movies, the better. Uh, but he did. Uh, okay. He, he, he did provide some dis- dis- 
some descriptions here. Uh, so a silent voice. Uh, it's the story about a high school boy uh, who's about to commit suicide. But before he does this, he tries to make things right with a deaf girl he used to bully when they were younger. Uh, the story is about making amends with the things you've done in the past and reconnecting with those you've distanced from along the way. That's pitch number one, a silent voice. Pitch number two, I want to eat your pancreas. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and he, he says, I know the title makes it see seem like a weird movie, but trust me, it, it, it isn't what you think. Uh, it's the story about an introverted boy who has no friends suddenly be friending an extroverted girl uh who's suffering a fatal illness uh this movie uh had me ugly crying in the end <laughs> and yes uh the title does make sense in the story and does add to the emotion uh the fascinating name for huh. a movie uh, and then pitch number three is weathering with you. Uh, this is the most recent movie from the director that made your name set during a period of exceptionally rainy weather. Um, high school boy uh, Hodoka Morishima runs away from his troubled rural home to Tokyo and befriends an orphan girl who can manipulate the weather. Uh, if you liked your name, you will also like this movie. So there you go. Pitch number one, a silent voice. Pitch number two, I want to eat your pancreas. <laughs> and pitch number three, <laughs> weathering with you. Now, he, he did make note here of which one he would prefer to do. I don't know if I want to mention that. Um, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not picking. <laughs> so yeah. it's a time. You already know it, Kyle. I, I, I mean, I, I do. But I, I, I want your, your help to, to pick this one. Um, yeah, so I, I, I am not. I, I know weathering with you is supposed to be really really good I'm not sold on that one yet by the description at least um i think i think it's about a girl who's a cloud i'll just okay. spoil it for you <laughs> but like when i when i heard somebody talk about it it reminded me of when Sokka falls in love with the girl who uh. has to go be the moon <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> i gotcha i gotcha um, a silent voice I also heard good things about. Uh, these all definitely kind of have a theme to them. They seem uh, about sad boys befriending girls. Uh, are these so all anime movies? Yes, they are. Okay, I thought so. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like the suicide thing is maybe a little too much. Uh, so personally, I want to go with I want to eat your pancreas because uh, I think the title is just too ridiculous to pass up. Uh, I, it sounds yeah. like it's not meant to be a 
comedy, but I just, like it's just like I mean we we watched The Devil is a Part Timer and he works at McDonald's and like they have mm-hmm. some ridiculous names. Um, so I'm interested in that one, Melissa. I want to know what one you would pick if you had to pick I- three. <laughs> Uh, the first two sound too sad. Uh, I'm interested in what if the weather was a person. So I would go with weathering with you. So it's okay. not my choice this week. Okay. Uh, well, Ignacio would also really like to t- talk about I want to eat your pancreas. Um, so I think we might go with that one. Okay. You, <laughs> you guys have fun. I will not be watching that one and considering joining you this week. Uh, I'm just not feeling a movie that's going to make me cry. I, <laughs> I'm not into it this week. You guys have fun. That's okay. And I'm going to be okay. laying on the couch watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy, <laughs> whether I have any side effects or not. I already blocked out the weekend for that. Sounds good. That sounds like a plan. Uh, so I will let Ignacio know, and he will be on the show next next week um, to cover. I want to eat your pancreas. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, Melissa, last thing we need to mention uh, you shot down my idea to cover Gundam, uh, so we are oh, not right. yes, having yes. a hot Gundam summer like I was ho- hoping. Sorry, uh, that's okay. Sorry. Okay, uh, but one of the things you and I was t- talking about off mic uh, was the, the German show Dark. It's on Netflix. Yeah. I've I've seen the entirety of the show. We also actually c- covered season one of the show way back on uh, the Whatnots podcast with me and pa- Paul. It's one of our better performing YouTube videos. Yes. Um, yeah. So I I would love to talk about this series with you this was one of the ones you were like i'm gonna check it out and see what you think have you gotten a chance to and i did check it out i yeah. did i watched the first two episodes of it i dig it a lot i would like to cover this sounds good i'm excited because yeah i think yeah. Melissa, you will love this one um i like i love the mood of the thing so oh, far oh yeah. i love the way it looks it's shot beautifully i love every set like every house every forest shot. that they go to it's a great looking show <laughs> and i think this is great timing to watch this we'll be watching it alongside loki when it premieres on disney mm-hmm. plus next month which will be a time travel romp dark does not seem like a romp but we'll have two contrasting time travel stories to talk about at the same time there you go sounds like a plan yeah, yeah. I, oh, good okay now we can finally talk about this whole show <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> um, good yeah because that, that was the thing like it was one of our better performing youtube videos and everyone was like do season two when it c- comes out and stuff like that and uh it was just like well uh, maybe i'm not okay no promises <laughs> Uh, and yeah, now, now we, we are. have the opportunity to do that <laughs> and talk about it. In I depth. told a coworker that like uh, about this podcast and I'm like, oh, yeah. And we do YouTube videos of it, too. If you ever want to try watching the live stream, and he looked it up on YouTube and he's like, oh, cool. You did an episode about dark. And I'm like, I didn't. Uh, 
it, it's technically yeah, it's, us, it's like but us, not me. Us. Uh, but yeah. Yes. So. Have fun listening to that one anyway. I mean, you have to listen to me every day at work, so maybe you have your fill of me. <laughs> Go listen to Kyle and Paul talk about Dark. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is available on Netflix, uh, and that is the show that we will be covering at the end of each month for the next three months. Uh, so get started on that. I think they're short seasons. It's only like 10 each. Um, so yeah, yeah. go, go, go check that. Stuff is the out. show concluded yes. three seasons? It is concluded. Okay. The three seasons. Nice. So I cannot wait. I'm excited for that. But next week, don't forget. I want to eat your pancreas is what we are covering. Nom, nom. So there you go. Uh, Melissa, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. We just put out an episode about the Cartoon Network Groovies, which were these little music videos that would play as like interstitial commercial oh, breaks on yeah. Cartoon Network, where they would like... Like they'd remix old sale. footage from yeah, like, like Flintstones. <laughs> yeah. I remember that one. Like they'd remix like old Hanna-Barbera footage or they'd make some like new song and do like a, a video, a newly animated video to go with it. There's a variety yeah. of things. It's a very fun episode. I also remember the one. It, I don't remember the character. It was the dog character. And he was just like, it's like pictures of him like walking by the camera a bunch. And the, the song is like, circles. Uh, yeah, it's like, I don't need to God. walk around in circles, circles, walk around in circles. Circles is my favorite one. Circles changed my life. I, yeah, we spend a lot of time talking about circles. Cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. Indeed. Uh, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. And if you guys want to stay up to date with all of the podcasts and stuff we do here at The Whatnots, you guys can find us on Twitter at The Whatnots. So go like, share, subscribe. You guys know the deal. Uh, if you've got some kind words to say, go say some kind words. Go rate and review us uh, where you get your podcast. That would be wonderful and would help us out a ton. Uh, but thank you all so much for checking this one out. This has been number 155. Is that right? 155? Huh. 155 of the Whatnots review show. Is that, is that right? I feel like that's wrong. <laughs> I, now I, I have to like, I have to, I, this is going to bother me. Okay. I don't know well, the let number. Me let me look at my podcast yes. app. 155. Confirmed. Right. Confirmed indeed. Yeah. So uh, thank you all for ch checking this out. We will be back next week. Uh, we will see you then. Bye. Bye.